book of John, the sixth chapter. We're going to remain standing just for a little bit. God bless them. Praise God. God's so good to us. And I know maybe you come into this church, there may be some things a little different. And, uh, you know, we just want God to have his way. We want to approach him with an honest, sincere heart, love him with all of our hearts, and just let him lead every part of the service. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If he's not doing it, it's just, uh, it could be a whole lot better, couldn't it? Hallelujah. So we want God to have his way. Uh, I'm not interested, really. I'm not interested. You know, I was, uh, this might have been part of the conversation I had with my wife. It might have been a different conversation. We've actually talked more than just once this week. So it might have been one of several. And uh, I said, you know, a lot of times we, we sink into routines in our lives that lose their meaning. There's nothing wrong, per se, with some traditions and routines, but so often it loses its heart. And, you know, everybody can get together and we can smile for the pictures, you know. And if you look a little closer, you can see how, how fake they are maybe sometimes. And everybody can leave saying, oh, thank God, oh, what a great time. But, you know, then we start picking each other apart. And, and, and you know what, I, I, just, I, I just want my relationship to God, with God to be so much more than that. I want it to really flow from a heart that says, you know, you lead and I'll follow. Don't, I'm not going to try to fit you into the traditions I'm comfortable with. I just want you to have your way. So we're turning to John 6. And thank you for your prayers, for your kindness, for your faithfulness, and everything you do to just be a help and a blessing. It's so valuable to this ministry. God bless you for it. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for just what we've already heard, what we felt in this house. God, thank you for... Lord, just not only your great love and mercy to us, but Lord, to thank you for the the love that we feel, Lord, in this family, God, that you've put together. You have blessed us, and we are so grateful, Lord, for, for that. God, bless, I pray your word to our hearts, God, let your word be anointed, and Lord, that every word that we could hear, that we could, Lord, that we could be doers of your word, not just hearers, Lord, that you would just work in our lives and help us take it home with us and be Lord, more of what you have called us to be in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. John 6, verse 66. From that time, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. We believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. God bless you. You can be seated. Appreciate your reverence for the Word of God. And uh, as we look into this portion of Scripture, it is uh, it's evident to me as I read through the life of Jesus, this is more than any fairy tale, any superhero comic book that I've ever been involved with. Uh, there are things here that if I was going to try to write a, a, a religious story that I would have never thought to put in. You know, a lot of people are skeptical and that's okay. God can handle your questions. But when you start looking at what, how God just deals with so much weakness... And struggle, reality, honesty, brutal honesty, really, of our own condition. 
You know, if I was going to write a, a, a book about loving God and serving God, being religious, I'd try to make myself, uh, you know, I'd try to write it a whole lot better than some of these people portrayed themselves, but they were honest. Yeah. Yeah. And God got all the glory out of yeah, that. That's right. And Peter in this uh, time was following Jesus and, and he had a lot of good intentions. He had a lot of, a, a lot of real just zeal to, to say, I'm, I'm going to go, go with you all the way. Right. Sometimes I know if some of us are more familiar with the story of Peter's life. Peter is one that we can all kind of associate ourselves with at times. Because in all his good intentions and all his, his zeal and all his uh, just uh, fire to, to, to say and be everything, you know, he kind of stumbles over some things occasionally. And this is one of those times I think Peter really shined in his, his following Jesus. Jesus is preaching and, and uh, imagine that some folks were hearing him preach and they start walking out. Even Jesus himself wasn't good enough of a preacher. He wasn't fitting their mold and what they expected to hear. And what he was doing really was challenging them. Challenging them and how they, how they looked at a, a right relationship with God. How they, how they looked at themselves and what it meant to be a child of God. And he was saying some things that didn't really fit into. Uh, but God will do that. Some of you are going through some things that are making you very uncomfortable. Don't think God's forsaken you. Like Sister Anna said, you, you just got to learn how to lean on God. There's a lesson to be learned right where you are. I, I've seen people get into a place where I certainly, there's no way this is the will of God. I've missed it. Or maybe God's just left me out somewhere in left field. No, wait, wait, just hold on. Slow down a little bit. It's how God works. It's been some of this modern kind of preaching that has made people feel like everything just always rosy when you have enough faith and if you pray enough and you you love Jesus just everything's just going to be blessed and, and uh we've already heard a few testimonies about that there's going to be some battles but but when you get through it you're going to realize how great God is after it's before it's all done amen you're going to realize that that uh with you with me with man it is impossible but your strength comes from him Jesus is teaching and, and people start leaving. People are uncomfortable with what he's saying. You know, when you start getting uncomfortable with what God is doing, it's time to dig in a little bit. Right. Don't run. Yep. Find out some things. Maybe, just maybe there's some things that, that God's stirring up the nest like the, yeah. the young eagles and wanting to get you to fly. Right. Yes, sir. So Jesus is teaching and all of a sudden people start leaving and Jesus doesn't beg them and say, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing? I'll change. I'll say something nice. I'll say something uh, a little more easy to, to digest. But he, he looks at his 12 and says, are you guys going too? All right. Yep. You're not going to leave, are you? And Peter said, no. <laughs> no way. Where are we going to go? We, you have the words of eternal. We are sure you've got what we need. That's right. We have been convinced yeah. that we need to follow you. Trust in Jesus 
is, it's not really as tough as it seems sometimes. I know sometimes uh, from the outside looking into the church, there has been a lot of, of misunderstanding about what it really means to walk in faith. A lot of things people, well, you have to walk against evidence. You've got to walk against anything that you see or know or feel. And you've got to, no, I don't, I don't really see my walk with God like that at all. I feel like God is willing to prove himself to us. Those, when we start off, we, we don't know a lot about God and God will tell us. God will start teaching us. He'll kind of feed us. No, not with, uh, he doesn't start off with the big steak meals. He'll start off with a little milk and, yeah. and but he'll prove that he said in one place, prove me now. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Not this idea of, I don't want to get too far off base, but not this idea, Lord, if you're, you know, if you're real, you'll do this. Not that kind of proving. Right. But if you start hearing about God and saying, you know what, God, I'm going to, I'm going to believe you for this. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to pray and see. And all of a sudden, people, God starts doing things exceeding abundantly above all that you even ask or think. You know, you start seeing what God does in other people. You'll start seeing when we say, I, I just don't know. Maybe, maybe this is just all a uh, cosmic accident uh, from an explosion. And, and uh, maybe we are all just uh, elevated uh, just from, from, from the goo to the animals. And now all of a sudden, we're self conscious, self-aware, and, and it all just that, but after a while, you start seeing God change somebody in, in your life, and you start seeing something, wait, wait, wait a minute, that's not, I've been around them at their best, but this is more than their best. God's done something in their lives. Amen? God will start showing himself to be real in your life. Is it a walk of faith? Absolutely. But can I tell you the times when I don't feel God is working the way I expect him to work. God's not working in the time frame that I wish he would work in most, mostly. God's not working in a way that is evident to me. I can trust that he's still working because he's never let me down. Amen. He's never failed me. He's helped me at my weakest moments. He's been there and, and, and come through for me time and time again. So I can... I can count on him today, and I know uh, I know it's hard to trust when we've been let down so much. Right. It's hard to put our confidence in anything in anybody. People have let us down, and so often, sometimes even people that represent God have let us down. Right. People that have so often represented God so poorly yeah. have let us down so deeply. But that is no reflection on who God is or what he will do. It would be just as unfair for me to say, oh, I know people that look like you, people that have the same color skin as you, people that, that, that maybe uh, come from the, the area that you come from. I know what you're like. And how ignorant. How unfair. It would be hurtful. Sadly, there's a lot of a lot of bad examples of everything in life, especially Christians, especially those that are saying they've come in the name of the Lord. That doesn't make God any less awesome because people have used his name and exploited people through uh, Bible verses taken out of context. I could show you where Jesus himself met with a spiritual battle and the devil himself uses Bible verses. 
Just because somebody knows how to twist the Bible doesn't mean the Bible isn't amazing. Amen. Just because somebody uses it to, to, uh, to justify their own bad actions, it doesn't make the Word of God any less valuable. But it is difficult. We have a... We have a challenge, don't we? We have a challenge because God calls us out of our shell. God calls us out of our little cocoon of safety and our coping mechanisms that we try so hard to survive with. And he calls us to, to love him and trust him. But he's such a great God, and we're gonna, we're gonna show you in the Word of God where he's willing to, to teach you and lead you and be patient with you. But trusting Jesus isn't as hard as it seems. His mercy, he'll show up. He'll show up. He'll be real to you. He will, he will manifest himself to you in, in beautiful ways. Yes, and he'll prove himself to be trustworthy. Right. He'll ask you to take a little step of faith. Yeah. Amen. But he, he'll be faithful to you. Yes, it is, uh, when we deal with, talk about the term trust issues, yeah. that's not, I know some people say, well, you don't understand. I have a hard time trusting people. It's almost, uh, I, I don't want to take that lightly. I don't want you to think I'm, I'm taking that lightly at all, but really look around. Yeah. You know, we've all been hurt. We've all been through some things. Amen. Right. We've all had situations, circumstances where people have let us down. It's not that you are experiencing something that, that isn't really common. Right. But God is, God is where we start. We come to him and say, God, I, I need you. I need you to help me. And, I, and he can be so patient with us and he can understand, but he will lead us. He'll lead us in a place where we can begin to know that he's faithful. He's trustworthy. He's right. He's going he's gonna to do what he said he's going to do. He's not going to let us down, but he will be faithful. But our problem so often, if I can say this, is that uh, moving on, it's not so much maybe our trust in God that that is so difficult. If you want to know him, he wants to be known. If you want to have a relationship with you, he's already been working to set that up and make that happen. He's been knocking on your heart's door for a long time. I've never seen anybody deny that God hasn't somehow been evidently trying to draw them and call them for a long, long time. It's God that's seeking us. You didn't find God. He wasn't lost. Amen. He's been searching for you for years. But our problem more often, if we can get back to Peter in, in, our, in our talk about him, we've got to realize that, as we said earlier, he's said some pretty great things. This idea that, hey, they're going to leave. They're leaving, but we're not. We know. We're sure. Yeah. We can trust you. We've been around long enough that we know that, that you are the Son of God. We know that you have what we need. We're sure of it. But what Peter couldn't be sure of is his own faithfulness. Because what we see time and time again, and sadly, when it comes down to it, and he says, I'll tell you what, I didn't leave then, I'm not going to leave now. They might all leave you, Jesus, but when you go to the cross, I'll, ne- I'll die with you. He meant that. He meant that. You could, don't, don't say he's a hypocrite. Just because you didn't live up to what you said you would doesn't mean you're a hypocrite. You can mean that. But the thing was, Peter had the intention, but he didn't have the strength to back that up. Jesus said, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. 
you need to pray. You need to find your source of strength because it's not in your will. Your source of strength is in, in me, Jesus could say. We see in John 21, as you turn there, I'm sure most of us are familiar with it. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, previous to where we're turning, but setting this portion of Scripture up. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's now praying and knowing that his time is short and there's going to be a crucifixion. And Peter says, I'll go with you right to the end. They'll have to kill me to get to you, Jesus. And Jesus says, you'll deny you even know me. That sounds like a deal breaker to me. If somebody would say, I know when I'm at my hardest my darkest hour, you won't be the friend I need you to be. And then I prove them right. How could we ever have a friendship after that? I let them down. I let myself down because I made the statement. No, my, my friendship with you means more than that. Sometimes our trust issues are less about people and more about our own our familiarity with our own weakness. That's right. Because when I see you and I tell you, you're awesome, you're great, and I mean every bit of it. And, and you know, we're in a generation where that's just set up for failure with, you know, with uh, social media, you know, just begging for validation, fishing for compliments. Right. Tell me, oh, please, please don't tell me I'm beautiful anymore. <laughs> what about this angle? You know, but, but we know, you know, how bad our breath was in the morning. Yeah. We know, you know, how we are in our, at our lowest. We know what's beneath the surface. Right. And uh, we know where we, and we're scared of that so often. Right. Scared of the reality of if somebody knew me, how could they love me? How could they count on me when I am weak and I fail and I, I mean well, but so often I, I, I can say the wrong thing. I can, I, I can get scared. I can get cold feet. Amen. Right. Because listen to me. Let me tell somebody today, you and everybody else, that's the condition of being human. Right. Peter meant well. Jesus said, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak, Peter. You need to pray. Right. That message is still great today, isn't it? Yeah. But when Peter does deny him three times, Peter lets himself down. He sees Jesus kind of shoot him that glance and he goes out and weeps. And then tells his friend, you know what? I'm going back to my old life. This is it. I just failed for the last time. Now there's no, no place for me by his side. I thought... Things with, you know, sometimes that's why people self-sabotage. That's why people just go uh, making bad choices. Because if I do well for a little while, what if I fail? If I do succeed, it'll be that much worse when I blow it. And I know what I'm capable of. What I'm telling somebody here today is that we, we are weak in ourselves. Yeah. Face that ugly truth, but recognize Jesus comes and finds Peter. Jesus 
comes and fights. Peter goes, says, I'm, I'm going back. I'm going fishing. I'm going back to my old life. I'm going to what I know best. Obviously, you know, these last few years have been a mistake and, and, and I know, I know what I'm good at. And all of a sudden Jesus comes and calls to Peter again. I, there, there are nuances in this story that I don't want to spend a lot of time with, but that just, just to me, it just warms my heart and, and makes it just a little bit more rich because as Peter is fishing and, and not catching anything, and then finally Jesus, you know, kind of repeats a miracle, if you will, and tells them, hey, why don't you just throw it out uh, on this side? And he brings in the fish. Jesus is already there by the fire eating fish as if, I was doing pretty good before you got here. All right. I didn't really need you, yeah. but I want you to be with All me. Right. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. I want that, that reconciliation yeah. is what God's looking for. Yes. Amen. He's looking to, to bring back, the, but what an awkward meeting that would be. That's why religion is so popular. That's why religion is so, so uh, just prevalent because we, we want to have this form of trying to be right with God, but it only goes so deep because the reality of really having a reconciliation with God means I've got to, I've got to recognize my weakness, my need. Yeah. The heart of the gospel is that we need the cross. Yes, sir. The heart of the gospel is my best that I can do. The best that I can bring to Jesus is still, well, it's just filthy rags. You can't, you got nothing to brag about. You got nothing you can bring to Jesus and say, oh, wow, I I don't know what I was doing before you got here. Thanks. (laughs) What took you so long? We were struggling without you. I come because of grace, because of God's mercy. I come with self-doubt and fears and, and Lord, I'm going to do my best, but I can't promise you that, that I won't need that altar again. I won't need that place of, 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 of repentance again, right. a t- place of mercy again. Peter comes and, and he says, bring, bring your fish to the fire. Peter's not saying a whole lot this time. In John 21, verse 15, so when they had dined, Jesus saith, to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Lovest thou me more than these? Leave it to the Lord to just get right to it. <laughs> do you love me? I know the question is always, you know, what's he saying? Do you love me more than? Is it more than these people? Or is it more than the fish? Is it more than... You know, I don't think that that's such an important question to ask. The importance is, do you love me more? Do you love me more? Peter, you've said a lot of things, but what's in your heart right now? Do you really, do you love me? And he says, yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. As I preach to you this morning, I recognize that it may be a process for some of you to realize, hey, I've I know the depths of my failure. I know the sinfulness of my own sin. I know the ugly truth that you don't know. But 
what you must realize is God knows. God sees your empty promises. God sees your, 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 your times where you say, this is going to be different. I'm going to change. I'm going to, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just go a different direction, God. And you're going to be number one. And then somewhere along the line, we lose that. He knows all of that. He sees all that. And yet he comes back to you. He comes back to Peter and he says, do you love me? Listen to this. His love, Jesus' love was not up for debate. Jesus didn't have to profess his love. He was showing his love by just coming to that, that, that point and calling him back to him. But what is so significant here is that he says, he asks if you love me. And he says, feed my lambs. What greater statement of trust could be said? Think about that. What he's saying to Peter is, I am, I still have something for you, Peter. You haven't failed to a point where, where, where you are worthless for the kingdom of God. In fact, he said, I've got some lambs for you to feed. Can I tell you, there's nothing more valuable than the lambs. Jesus himself said, you, you cause one of my little ones to stumble. You remember what he said? Oh, yeah. I'm not playing any games now. He just what Jesus said. He said, you take a, 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 a millstone, a big heavy rock used in grinding grain, tie it around your neck and jump in the air. That's how I feel about somebody who would cause one of my children, my little ones, my young, young ones to, to stumble. Yes, sir. And he looks at Peter and says, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with my lambs. I've got a plan and a purpose for you. The only thing that I can tell you this morning, no matter how hard I try, I realize it may be nearly impossible for me to say, no, listen, you are, I, I know you recognize and you know more than anybody how weak you are, but, but if you can realize that God trusts you. All right. Now hear me out. God's going to put that trustworthiness in you. Yes, sir. It's not in you. I'm not telling you that somehow you're you're worthy of this. But when God starts to work in your life and starts to work in our lives, he does such an amazing job of transformation. He does such a great job of taking out our old faithlessness and putting his faithfulness in us that he can still work in you. That he can still. I've talked to those that that have been around church and around Bible and for all their lives. And I've talked to some that have shared with me that they've committed atrocities in, in, in wartime and said, and both can say, no, God doesn't have time for me. No, I've gone way too far. I want to tell somebody here today, God's, God's making that first step. God sees all that in you, Peter, and he still says, I've got something for you. I've got, I've got something valuable in you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redeem you with purpose. See, that's the beauty of the idea of sanctification, of God cleansing a life. He justifies us through faith and then begins to cleanse our lives in such a way that he, 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 he cleanses us and sets us apart for his service, for something special. See, I, I really do believe that, that in all of us, in, in such a day that we live in, have you ever thought there'd be a day where there's so little motivation, so little inspiration? 
people really have no desire uh, many don't let me say to really just get 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 up in the morning anymore and just try to do something positive but i do believe that in us we realize god's put something in us that says i've created you with a purpose i've got a reason you've got gifts You've got gifts. You've got abilities that I've put in you that I want to use in you. And it's not because of our faithfulness. It's because of his faithfulness. It's not because of our strength. It's because of his strength. Look what it says in, in the book of Psalms. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. See, God is just so good. And he is willing It's his desire to show you mercy. It's his desire to bring reconciliation. See, that's the whole story of the Bible, really. That God would bring us into a relationship that's so much more than just saying, I'm forgiven. But it's that he will love us and work in us and work through us for his glory. Look what it says in Psalm 103. Verse 10. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him, for he knoweth our frame. He, is, he remembereth that we are dust. God sees. God knows. I know we're living in a culture that is so, oh, we're going to build confidence in you. We're going to tell you how strong you are. And God says, I'm going to put my strength in you. That's real confidence. That our confidence can be in God and not in ourselves. Because misplaced confidence breeds despair, breeds depression. We're trying so hard to tell ourselves you're strong, but we know what we really have inside. But when we come to God and give that to him, when we turn from an old life, because we'll see in the book of Acts, the second chapter, after Jesus has this conversation with Peter after he tells him, I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to feed my lambs. I have a plan for you, Peter. Peter goes from that, that dinner around the fire and he goes to Jerusalem to an upper room because Jesus said, I've been telling you this is going to happen after my death, after my resurrection. I'm going to come. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you. That's going to be the difference. Because now it's not just going to be you doing your best, but I'm going to dwell in you. He said, Peter, I'm with you, but I'm going to be in you. This power of his spirit that was poured out on the day of Pentecost is still available today. That his presence can dwell in you. And now you walk not in your strength, but in his strength. You walk not because you can trust your own flesh, but you can trust God walking with you. And when you're weak, when you struggle, when you're afraid, when you start being reminded of your past, you just learn how to lean on God. You learn how to put your confidence. Why are the righteous bold as a lion? Because they know where to put their confidence in him. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 1. God's so good. 
And he can take everything that you have inside of your heart tucked away. And he can build. He can bring mercy. Forgiveness in you. The testimonies that we heard this morning were so, so helpful. The thing is. A lot of people have the misunderstanding that God just forgives us and then just kind of lets us continue to struggle and to hurt and to, but no, no, no. He moves in. This is the temple now. He moves into our lives. He moves into our hearts and now we, we have strength through him to bring forth fruit of his spirit now. Where we struggled with love and joy and peace. Now that dwells in us through Jesus, through his spirit. Amen. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 26. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 26. For you see your calling. He says, look around a little bit. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. That's why it's good to get around and maybe ask somebody what happened when they met Jesus. Listen now, because sometimes you can look around church and say, ah, nobody understands what I've been through. Look at how good they're doing. You should have seen them before Jesus got a hold of them. Amen. You should have seen them before God was working in their lives. You look around now and you say, wow, I, I thank God. Uh, somebody's talking about rubbing shoulders with God's people. What a blessing that is. Well, it's because of him. But when you start finding out what we were like before we came to Jesus, we fit this, we fit this description very well, don't we? God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. People are going to. When, when God transforms your life so full of failure, so full of self-doubt, so full of just brokenness, God comes in and does such a work that it, it confuses the wise. People look and say, that doesn't make any sense. You are on the road to destruction. You were on the same path as so many others that I saw, maybe even in your own family. I've seen that, that same kind of spirit in you, but now what is going on? Amen. I want to know more about this. God has chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. God's chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. See, when you recognize, hey, on my own, I'm, I'm weak, sometimes foolish, You're qualified to let God work in you to give him the glory. This isn't about bragging about ourselves. This isn't about how good you can do. This is about what God can do in a willing vessel. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The base things, the low things of the world. The things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. When I read that verse 29, I recognize in myself, Lord, this isn't about my best or something that I would ever be able to brag about. I cannot boast on any of my own abilities, but I can boast on how good God has been to me. 
That's the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of what happened on the cross, that God would not only forgive and show us such great mercy, but transform our lives, move into our hearts through this salvation message, this gospel that he has given us, that we can be children of the Most High God, that now he's living inside of us. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Generally, generally, when I talk to someone who's trying their best to get around people who have been so disappointed, so hurt so often, and they can say, well, it's hard for me to go to church because of those hypocrites. It's hard for me to go to church and get around people because of how much I know they do and they say and they are. If we can open up our hearts and be honest, sometimes we can say, you know what? I do the same thing sometimes and I'm, I'm not, I'm not proud of that. My big, our biggest problem sometimes is really admitting that the one in the mirror needs the most help. I'm not downplaying your hurt. I'm not downplaying the things that, that you've dealt with and the, 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 the hatred sometimes and the cruelty of man. But sometimes we need to look first at ourselves and say, okay, God. Here's what I'm dealing with, and I know I'm not, I'm not proud of that, but I bring it to you. We give our lives to God. We turn from an old life. We turn from self-righteousness. Yes. We turn from our ability to say, I'm strong. I'm, I, I, I have a lot to... Uh, we turn from that and say, God, I need a Savior. Amen. And I turn into you. God will bury those sins. We read about it earlier. He'll, he'll, he'll remember them no more, and he'll fill us with his spirit. He'll fill us with his power Amen. to walk in a new life. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? I want Sister Katie to come at this time. But This salvation that God offers us all. It's such a beautiful thing because to think that we, like Peter, have failed. We, like, like Peter, have not been everything that we, we've said we would be at times. And we have, we have let ourselves down. We've let those we love down at times. But God reaches out to us today and says, I, I have a work for you. I have something for you. I'm not done with you. People may have hurt you. People may have given up on you. But God is reaching for you this morning. God's desiring to, to make a difference in your life. When we come to God, we don't offer Him a list of our own works of righteousness. We don't come to Him and say, look at me. But we, like that one tax collector in the Bible, just bow our heads and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God begins to move in a great way. Some of you, maybe you've had that experience, but since then you have failed. Since then you have struggled. Don't give up. God knows. God's going to help you. It's his desire to fill.
fill you and to transform your life to where people can see God through you. others that need to come pray. This altar's open, but let's let's talk to Jesus. Let's talk to God. Oh, I love you. You reach out to Him right now. He'll, he'll hear the honesty of your prayer. Lord, I, I need you. Lord, I'm, I'm sorry for my failures. I'm sorry for, for my weakness, but I need you. testimony today that 
He briefly mentioned God giving him his heart. And those of us that are familiar with Brother Chris's testimony talked about how in a lot of his hurt and a lot of his addiction, his heart had just gotten so hard and so calloused. Didn't feel like he could love anymore. Didn't feel like he could care anymore. But when God came into his life and transformed him, He not only took that stony heart away from him, but put a heart of compassion and love in him. Sometimes we we hold on to some of that hardness of heart. We hold on to the defense that we have that nobody's going to hurt me anymore. And, And we don't let God just get down in there and do his work. And it's so much greater. Some of you that have been hurt in such a deep level need to know that God is greater than that trauma. God's greater than that battle. God's greater than those that have hurt you and done you wrong. And He can move into your heart in such a way that He transforms it and will fill you with a love and a compassion. A change that only comes from Him. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Can we all stand again? Father, thank you for your like we're so unlovable, so irredeemable, Lord. You have shown us, God, that you are greater. Lord, you're greater than our failures. You're greater than our weakness. You're greater than our sin. And God, we bring it to you and ask you, Lord, to help us, heal us, God, and work through us for your glory. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we can be together and for just such great examples of your grace in this house. Lord, I pray You'll just shine through us throughout the day. Lord, work in the nursing home ministry this afternoon and the service here tonight, Lord, that you would be glorified. And Lord, that you, Lord, would just continue to do great things. We love you so much, Lord. Keep us safe as we travel. And Lord, we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.